Hi, this is Jen, and you are listening to the Girl Brave Podcast. Today on the show, I have Cassidy. She is a fitness instructor. She is a personal trainer, and she has this great group of girls that she trains. And so I was excited to invite her onto the show so she can talk to us about personal training, about our mental health and how it connects to moving our bodies and so much more. So let's dive in and meet Casty. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you. Everything about fitness, moving your body. I love your Instagram account. We'll have to get that link here at the end. But before we start, tell me a little bit how you got started in the fitness, into fitness. Was it when you were a kid or more as an adult? Sure. Yeah. Looking back, you can always see yourself on a trajectory, so to speak. So when I was a young girl, I was very active in softball, soccer, basketball. And then when I wasn't playing a sport, my mother made me go to jazzercise. So sometimes I think it was kicking and screaming, but she made me go. And when I got there, I always had a good time. Uh, and then, you know, I went through college and didn't work out very much. And then in my early professional years, I stumbled across the New York City Marathon. And I was really inspired by all the different body shapes and sizes that were moving through the streets and running 26.2 miles. And that was kind of the start of my interest in fitness as an adult. And from there, I started running marathons and doing triathlons and then wanting to share those same feelings with other people. And I became a spin instructor and everything just kind of cascaded from that moment. Wow, that's amazing. So how many marathons have you run? I've ran five and I think my marathon running days are probably in my in my past. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have run one marathon and that is all it took. I did it. Check. Done. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's a it's a part time job, if not a full time job. Yeah, definitely. Well, I do mm -hmm. know that you're sharing your fitness journey and knowledge with young girls, some teenagers, some preteen and teenagers. Tell me about why that's important to you. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of reasons why it's important to me, but I would say one of the things is laying a foundation for their future and also helping them be the strongest physically and mentally um, that they can be for school, for life and for beyond. And I think, I think a lot about helping girls be comfortable in male dominated spaces because the gym is heavily male dominated. Um, where I work at hybrid human performance. It's a performance facility. So we do training with athletes and it's predominantly male athletes. So my goal is to change that ratio and um, just help women and girls. So I have clients as young as 10, all the way up to 70, no matter where you fall in age, helping them feel comfortable inside a gym. And whether that's setting up your equipment, putting your equipment away or the movement that you're doing with the equipment that you feel comfortable and confident in that space. Um, so I think I am really drawn to working to teens and preteens because 
I would have really, really thrived as a young girl had I had that type of coaching. So I think um, as a performance coach and as a trainer, the best thing you can do is be what you needed as a young girl. And so that's what I try to do is show up as the person that I would have needed to help me feel confident and more comfortable in my skin. So that's kind of, I'm just inspired by young Cassidy. So that's why I show up and work with young girls. You have given me the all over goosebumps because that is so my same story. I'm showing up here for the young Jen and giving her advice that I wish she could have at her at that younger age. So I really relate with that. And I know that we've talked about that many times before. Can you tell mm-hmm. us a, a quick snapshot of a before and after that you've seen in a girl or girls before they start training with you and maybe some hesitancy and then maybe, you know, like more as they progress that confidence that's building inside of the gym? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's, I'm, important for me to lay the framework that I am not a quick fix kind of girl or trainer or woman. Um, It takes time. Anything good, like confidence, moving better, performing better, whether that's on the field, the court, or, you know, how you move through life, it takes time. It's not something that can be done overnight. And I just worked with a young 11 year old yesterday and we have what are called woodway treadmills and they're powered by your body and they're very hard. And um, in running form in absolute speed, we try to get people to hold their posture really tall. And it was the end of her session and we were doing conditioning and she was just holding herself so tall and so confident, eyes looking forward. And it just, made my heart skip a beat because I remember where she was when we started probably nine months ago. Like we were doing conditioning that she wouldn't have been able to do. And then her mom just says that more than anything, the confidence is what shows up on the soccer field. So that's, that's what I'm here for is of course I want them to play better, but I think a huge piece of that is confidence, right? So I, I like to like in my head sometimes call myself a confidence coach. You definitely are. I definitely see that. Yeah. Okay. So you have the treadmills, which is more of a cardio and then there's strength training. Mm -hmm. What's the difference and what is best um, for teens to embark in or both maybe? Yeah, that's a really good question. So, um, Simply put, cardio is going to be for your heart health, and it's going to be great for building endurance. And I think it's super healthy for our mental health. Um, Just cardio, the hormones that are released, it can have a cleansing effect, a refreshing effect, an empowering effect. I know for me, I need my weekly doses of cardio just to keep my mental state nice and healthy. Uh, Strength training is going to be building muscle and uh, improving the way your body moves. So you can't, for instance, become a better runner or a better cycler without strength training to help improve um, your mobility and to strengthen your muscles. And yeah, so I think the two really go hand in hand. 
what's good for a young girl or what's good for any woman, I would say is what she loves. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to be most successful when we choose something that we love to do. If you hate lifting weights, then by all means, don't lift weights. If you hate running, don't run. Uh, you just have to stay confident and keep searching for the thing that you love. So um, best case scenario, uh, a young woman or a woman has a nice programmed balance of cardio and strength training. I've never thought of cardio as something that like is good for my heart. I mean, I know it is, but when I think of cardio, I think of just like burning calories, right. To lose weight. And I also didn't really equate cardio to that healthy mindset. I know working out in general gives you a healthy mindset, but um, hearing those two things really makes me do want to introduce some more cardio into my program because um, it definitely, I'm like more of a weightlifting girl. I love lifting weights. Yeah. I, so if you notice how I answered the question is I really steered clear of talking about calories because yeah. I really don't want people to think about, well, this is going to get me the highest calorie burn. So this is why I want to do this. I would rather people do what's healthy for their bodies and something that they love. So yeah, cardio is going to burn more calories in the workout strength training is going to help you um, burn more calories throughout your day. Um, those two things are really inconsequential to me. It's more about finding what you love and something that helps keep your body and mind healthy. I love that. So if there's someone listening that hasn't gotten into fitness yet or moving their body and they're maybe don't have a gym membership or a ride to the gym, no equipment in the house. What are some good things that you can suggest to get them started? Yeah. So I think walking is super underrated. Walking is huge and can be a great stepping stone into something more. So starting off with some walks, you know, if you're not doing anything, I always say ease into something. So maybe you start walking 20 minutes, three times a week, or maybe it's 20 minutes, two times a week. So walking is super underrated. And then if you're ready to explore more, you could YouTube. I mean, it's at your fingertips, body weight, um, beginner workouts, um, things that don't require any equipment. And my best advice is to keep it really short and um, manageable, like bite-sized pieces. And I often say, it's funny because a lot of the young girls, I'll say, what do we say? And they say, um, repetition is the mother of success. So finding a way that you can repeat and repeat, and that will help you establish consistency and repetition is the mother of success. And how short is short if I'm just getting started? Is it like five aim, minutes? Yeah. Minutes, aim for, one minute. Aim, yeah, I would say aim for five minutes. Um, five minutes could be a wonderful place to start. And maybe each week you add on to that, depending on how quickly or how slowly you want to progress. Maybe next week it's 10 minutes, then maybe the following it's 15. Just walk it up nice and slow. So I think that's a great um, option that is accessible to um, lots of people. I think, I mean, a little 
shout out for personal trainers. I think they are a huge return on your investment because um, a really good trainer is going to teach you how to be successful on your own. So that's definitely a catch 22 of training people is if you really do your job, you are educating people so that they can go do this workout on their own. And that's a best case scenario is if a client leaves me because they feel self-sufficient. So um, trainers are a huge ROI, but I would say a caveat to that is um, ensuring that they have like a really good philosophy and it aligns with your goals. Yeah. And I suppose the um, the person's personality also should be more of a good match for you too. So it sounds like yeah. what would be your ideal client to match your personality? Oh, huh. Well, that's tough. I have a lot of different personalities that I work with and I'm a bit of a chameleon. Um, I would say like, I can speak to what I'm not. I'm not a drill sergeant. I'm only going to speak to the goodness that is inside someone. I'm not a shaming trainer. Um, I had a client talk to me that she feels bad about how she's eating. And I was like, listen, your life is heavy. There's a lot on your plate. This is time to have grace for yourself. So if you're looking for someone to shame you into eating well or push you into a workout, that's really not who I am. I would say I'm pretty compassionate and understanding and want to meet people where they're at. I would say my ideal client is looking for consistency and they're not looking for maybe a visual result, but they're looking for how they know how they want to feel inside their body. They want to fully inhabit their body as opposed to being a passenger inside their body. Yeah, I get what that means. All right. So it's summer. I have a 13 year old daughter and 11 year old son and myself who have just had, as we all have a whirlwind of school semesters and COVID and all the stuff going on. And we all just want to lay on the couch and do nothing, mm -hmm. <laughs> which probably at some point we need to just get off our butts and do something. Any tips or tricks to keep us just get us started to uh, give, include a little bit more activity into our schedules? Sure. I don't know that they're revolutionary or, you know, anything that you haven't already think of, but I would say the number one thing is prioritizing it is saying, hey, um, when everybody wakes up and I'm a big fan of let's work out when you want to work out, when it feels good to work out. I don't want to turn someone who is um, an evening person into a morning person. So as a collective, if you, your son and your daughter agree, hey, we really feel like we'd be best working out in the morning at 10 a.m. We've woken up, we've had breakfast. So I'd say prioritizing it and making it like a time on the schedule, like 10 a.m. We're moving for 15 minutes. and perhaps that's a walk or maybe that's you all kind of get together and write a little workout where it's like one minute of jumping jacks, one minute of high knees and you write a circuit that you can do together. So I'd say one is prioritizing, two is making sure that it's fun, that you feel good in what you're doing. And three is keep it short. 
So think 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then work on building from there. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Put it on your calendar, make a schedule at 10 o'clock or whatever time we decide that's the time we're going to move. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Okay. So we touched on this earlier. You did about mental health, right? I know Mm -hmm. um, exercise and moving really does help our mental health. Can you help us with any more like research or background on how that happens on how on why movement really helps us feel better yeah I think the best way to describe it is that it's a it's cyclical in nature right and um I think let's talk about like being tired. So if you're tired and you don't work out, you're kind of in a loop of just continually being tired. But when you start to include that workout, it's going to give you more energy. And so then it's a loop that feeds in on itself. And I think that applies to your emotional state and anxiety as well is it just exercise, of course, releases hormones and it feels good in our bodies. And so we've just got to get ourselves into that cycle of working out so that it can assist us in our mental and our physical health. I wish that there was like a magic wand that we could wave that would like make us move and make us work out. But it's really just a matter of prioritizing it and doing it even when we don't feel motivated to do it. Because motivation is a feeling and that feeling is is very fleeting. So we have to understand that the workout is like a stone in a mosaic that builds and builds and builds upon itself in that cycle to help us feel better. Yeah. I mean, I was going to ask you, what could someone do if they're really feeling anxious and really feeling depressed? But perhaps the answer is if you start out working out, maybe when you're feeling okay, you might get into that repetition. So when those anxiety attacks happen or that depression sets in, perhaps you have that fleeting motivation to like, hey, I know this feels good for my body. I'm going to go get some Mm -hmm. exercise. What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. I think establishing consistency is really important. And, um, I often say the bad workouts are the ones you don't want to, or the the bad workouts or the workouts that you don't want to do are the most important ones because they help keep us consistent. And it's like, I want to be the type of person that is consistent. And when I'm feeling anxious or depressed or sluggish or fatigued, just knowing that like, Hey, I'm the type of person that's consistent with my workout that helps motivate me. Um, Yeah it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. There's no way around it. You just got to show up and you got to keep showing up for yourself, even when your body doesn't want to move. And how do you think you can, how do you translate that into, you know, a 13 year old or a 14 year old or an 11 year old? Oh man. Um, if they're feeling overwhelmed and anxious and they don't want to do anything. Yeah. I guess I would, you know, I have a two-year-old son, so I haven't quite reached that age yet, but that age yet, but I would say, Hey, let's jump up for five minutes. Let's move our bodies. However we want. Maybe that's a dance party. Maybe that's turning on a song that, you know, they love and saying, let's get up 
and let's dance around. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Let's just move our bodies for the length of the song. And maybe that song's only three minutes and 30 seconds. But again, it's like a, a tile and a mosaic of something that you're building. That's really good advice. Whenever a good song comes on the radio or on the Alexa, we turn it up and have a little dance party in the kitchen. So we could definitely have more of those. Yeah. So switching to influencers and social media, I mean, there's a lot of influencers out there proclaiming that they've got the answer and they're fitness experts and showing some really unhealthy um ideas on what they think or they should have that this like size to perfect body like what do you what do you say to what would you what advice would you give to a teen that might be looking at these influencers thinking that their body needs to do to be like theirs and it's almost impossible like what advice would you give to someone looking at those influencers a, a young person looking at those influencers Oh man, such a tough one. And I have to put myself in a mindset of what I would share with young Cassidy, because I don't feel like I have a good solution to that because it's so emotionally charged, right? Uh, I think if I were to talk to young Cassidy and I remember, so I grew up like nineties, early two thousands and the magazine was the king, was the queen. So seeing those images was very challenging. And I was always a muscular girl. And that was never, ever, ever, ever reflected in anything. So the positive is, is that we are seeing some different body shapes and sizes reflected in media. Um, we are still seeing size zero, size two, size four on Instagram, giving quick fixes of how to look a certain way, which is nearly heartbreaking. And I think I don't have this like wonderful solution for it, but to say that things aren't always what they seem. And just because she looks like this on Instagram, it doesn't mean that she's a good, kind, helpful, compassionate person. And it's not just about how things look when it comes to our bodies. It's about how they move and how healthy they are. Just because someone is small, has a small body, doesn't mean that they're healthy. It doesn't mean that they move through life. They may just be a passenger in their body and they may not even feel comfortable in their body. So, you know, I think, I think just helping my, helping the younger self realize that like being a certain size does not equal health and it doesn't equal acceptance. Um, things just aren't always as they seem. And as I'm learning, genetics play a really big role in things. Like um, the size of our bodies are deeply related to our genetics and small bodies, big bodies, medium bodies, they're all wonderful and they all have the capacity to move and perform. So I wish I had like this magic wand to make all that go away and, and dissolve those emotionally charged feels, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I know one thing that I've done before that seems to help is whenever I'm looking at an Instagram account that I have followed in the past and I feel bad about myself when I see it, 
every single time I'm like, oh, I feel bad about myself. I'm judging myself. I don't feel like I'm good enough. As I look at this image, mm-hmm. I'll just unfollow that account because I'm, t- you know, I just absolutely. get so tired of looking at something that doesn't make me feel good. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, if you saw my Instagram feed, it's cats and quotes and, um, you know, performance training stuff. I've really eliminated, you know, if I get a sneaky little fitness influence and influencer in there telling me to wear a belly band, I quickly like get it out of there. So unfollow it. And, um, yeah, so that's an awesome tip. Hit that unfollow button. Unfollow, right? You're in control of that. All right. So my, thank you so much for being here. I have one more question for you and it's one of my favorite questions. This podcast is called Girl Brave. So I would love to hear what your definition of being brave is and if you think you are brave. Yeah. Wow. This is a great question. I think being brave is doing or saying what you know to be right, even when it's hard and you don't want to. That might be as simple as showing up. That might be as simple as saying hello to someone um, and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone, even when you're afraid. And I like to think I practice bravery every day and do hard things that I don't want to do, but I have to do them anyways. Yes, definitely. Well, that is a wonderful definition. I definitely think that there are ways that you can be brave that just seems so little like saying hi to someone or something that is really big, like going to a new, you know, gym or school for the first time. Right. I mean, and everything in between and beyond, but thank you so much, Cassidy, for being on the podcast today. It's so great hearing your perspective on just moving our mental health and that all body sizes are beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a delight. All right. Well, I hope to invite you again um, in a couple of years, maybe, and see what's new with you. Okay. Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Girl Brave podcast. I love making these shows for you. I hope you're enjoying them. Please reach out and let me know who you are. You can email me at jen at pincurlgirls.com. That's J-E-N at P-I-N-C-U-R-L-G-I-R-L-S. Or hit me up on Instagram or TikTok at pincurlgirls. All right, my friends, I hope you have a great day. And don't forget to keep moving. Talk to you soon. Bye.